alcoholic, and yes, I'm from New York, and um, it's always a privilege to be able to do service for AA. Um, you know, what it was like for me, I grew up in Brooklyn, if you can't tell my New York accent, um, it's really a Brooklyn accent. Um, and I grew up in Brooklyn in a middle-class neighborhood and my parents were much older and they did not want another kid. And my mother, you know, I found that recently going through my work that my mother was really, you know, mentally unstable. She couldn't handle taking care of me. She really probably needed to be in a hospital and medication. And if it was today, they would have taken me away from her. I was locked in my room. I couldn't come out of my room. Uh, she would bring my food to my room. I wasn't allowed to even leave the room to go to the bathroom. She would pin me down in my, in my crib so I wouldn't get up. And, you know, so I learned early on that I needed to take care of myself. And all I wanted in life was to be part of and to be part of a family and to have friends. And that really followed me all the way through my drinking career. When I was five, my sister got married. And the, the best man found it weird that I liked scotch kept giving the scotch and i kept drinking the scotch and i realized that i was having fun somebody okay i was having fun you know, izzy hold on a second you were accidentally muted let's uh go back you were having fun thank you i was having fun yeah <laughs> So thank you. I was having, you know, and I was having fun, you know, in this, in the, you know, with this guy who was feeding me scotch. And when they announced the bridal party, I passed out in the middle of the floor and I was five years old. And when I was in second, second grade, the kids were making fun of me. And I remembered that there was something about that liquor that just made me feel good. Something about it. So I realized if I just started drinking in school, my father was a longshoreman and I got all those little bottles of, uh, liquor and I would just take them and put them in my pencil case. And whenever there was somebody making fun of me, I would drink. And that followed me all the way to when I was in sixth grade, I had my first overdose. And everyone, my mother thought that, you know, the kids were all gonna make fun of me, but instead the opposite happened. The cool kids found me and I got accepted and I had a family and I had friends and I thought that was great. And I was gonna do anything I could to be part of this group. So it led me down a path of some really crazy, crazy things. And, you know, I'm not going to go through my whole drunk log, but, you know, I did some, like probably all of us here, some horrible things. And, you know, when I finally came into AA, and that wasn't my first AA meeting was 14. And when I came into AA and I, and I stayed in AA, I was 49 years old. I am 60 right now. And, um, you know, I found a sponsor and I became very close friends with this sponsor. And I had what my sponsor calls a posse and I was traveling all over the place and I was having a blast and I was living a dream. I had a great job. I was making really good money. And um, my sponsor relapsed and she took off and all of my support group followed her. And I was one of the few that remained. And at the same time, I became diagnosed with a disabling condition and my body started to deteriorate. And I started having surgery after surgery after surgery. And I wasn't able to function and go to work and go to meetings. So I stopped going to meetings and I started feeling sorry for myself. 
And my biggest fear was who's going to take care of me because nobody took care of me from when I was a kid. And how am I going to take care of myself? Like, you guys can't see me. I have braces on my hands. I've got braces on my legs. I, my spine, everything I am, the predictions are that I'm going to be wind up being in a wheelchair. And at 10 years sober, even though I had been part of AA and I had seen the miracles of AA and I was not drinking and I was not using, and that was still a miracle, but I didn't want to live anymore. And I had gone to this sober trip that I go on every year. And I had some things that were going on. And uh, my current sponsor that you're going to have the opportunity to hear tonight um, took time out when she was really, really busy to help me. And she made me do some writing. And then she went over it with me. And, and in that writing, I revealed to her why I was so honest with her. I don't know when I wasn't telling anybody. But my plan was to come home. And I knew I was having major, major surgery. And I had had heart attacks. And I knew I wouldn't survive if I stopped taking my my medicine. So at 10 years old, but that's what I came up with, that I was not going to take my medication so I could die on the table. And I admitted this to this woman on this trip, and she wasn't my sponsor. And uh, she helped me, and she gave me such unbelievable advice. And I don't know why, but I asked her if she would keep me accountable. And, you know, she was like, I don't sponsor anybody I don't see. And, you know, I live on the East Coast. She lives on the West Coast. And, you know, I started, she told me to call her every day, and I did. And then everything she told me, I did. And I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I trusted her. I don't know why, because she took time on this vacation that she decided to help me. But I started doing everything that she said. And one day I sent her a meme and she posted it on Facebook. And she said, one of my sponsees sent me this. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm your sponsee. And she was like, yeah, I guess so. And, you know, like our book says, that if we work this, it really works. And I rededicated myself to this program, which does really work in all our affairs. But every day is what I've learned for me. It's just a daily reprieve. I've got to do work every single day. And I don't get to pick and choose like a Chinese menu. I have to do everything. And I've rededicated myself to going through these steps again and being totally honest and became willing to do anything. And, you know, most people are not happy because of the Zoom thing and the, and the virus and everything. But what it's done for me, for somebody who's been in the house and stuff, it's, it's caused me to be able to do service more than I've been able to do because of my disability and my condition. But I can get on Zoom meetings all over the world and I can be a greeter and I can reach. And congratulations to the chip takers and the people who celebrated tonight we're all miracles and everyone here that's that's taking a chip or is celebrating major miracles and what i've been able to do now is to look things a little bit better like i can't walk as fast as i can and my sponsors told me to look in the day and i could still walk right now i have a boot on my leg and i walk really slow and i limp but today i could still walk i can't chop vegetables i can't you know slice an apple. I can't do any of that kind of stuff, but I could still use my fingers and I could type and I could do certain things. And, and I'm part of a group that I, I work and I send emails to people all over the world. I'm called, we're called steppers, the people that email into uh, the, the world service. And these emails get forwarded to a whole bunch of us. And since COVID, the amount of emails we get has like quadrupled. So any time in the day or night, I can answer emails from people all over the world that, that are wondering if they're an alcoholic and are looking for some kind of help. 
so I've found ways to be of service. And, and the miracle is, is my sponsor put it perfectly. She said that I went from fighting to die to fighting to live. And what, is this the way that I want to be? Do I want to be this example of, hey, you could do this and you can and not drink and, and, and be the person that shows everybody that you can do this and apply this, the principles in all my affairs and, and not drink. No, I don't want to be that person, but I am. And, it, you know, we can go through anything in life. And if we really work this program, it really does work in all our affairs. But we got to put in the work to get the freedom that comes from it. And I'm so blessed that I was able to meet Quincy. And Quincy, I love you. And I follow Quincy to every Zoom meeting all over the country and around the world. Because everything that she's taught me has helped me and changed my life. So thank you for letting me be of service tonight.